0: Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Good. How's the snow oh. doing? Uh, so, so snow, uh, how bad in uh, like down south it looks like it got a lot worse. It's not, not too bad. Not too bad? No. Looks like Festus, I think Sarah's area probably got hit pretty hard. Uh, yeah, but yeah, out this way it's not terrible, so. A little bit, a little dusting. So anyway, wanted to jump on. Thanks for getting on this morning. I wanted to jump on real quick and talk a little bit about the real estate market, because I know it's still a hot topic for a lot of people. And a lot of us that have been doing this for a little bit know that in spite of the market, there's always opportunity. So it's how we, how we essentially, how do we deliver the message, a positive message to our clients and to the public to let them know that now is still a good time to buy and sell a home despite what all of the headlines say. So from a seller perspective right now, what we need to be looking at is we're still in a very strong seller's market. So if you look at it from a national level, and real estate is very local, but it's important to look at a you know, 50,000 foot overview as well. From a national level, we're still five and a half million homes short to get back to a balanced market. It's a lot of houses. So we're five and a half million homes behind where we should be to get to more of a balanced market. Here locally, we dipped under two months of inventory again for single family homes. So when you look at it, prior to like January of 2020 and 2019, we didn't have all the crazy multiple offer scenarios. We were at closer to three months of inventory, give or take, a little bit over, a little bit under. When we dipped under that two months of inventory mark is when things got a little crazy because interest rates were very low as well. So low inventory, low interest rates. Right now, though, we're in a different scenario because rates are a little bit higher. But something to keep in mind, even if home builders increased the number of homes built by, we build about a million and a half homes a year uh, nationally in the USA. So even if they build more, say 500K more every year, it's still going to take 10 years just from a new construction perspective to get us caught up to a balanced market. It's a long time. So what's happening right now is we need to be educating our sellers that we're still in a strong seller's market regardless of interest rates. And although you're not gonna get maybe 20 offers when rates were two and a half percent, you are gonna sell your house. Now, we know a lot of people right now in our team and in our brokerage that are still selling homes. They're listing houses, they're putting them on the market, they're getting offers, they're getting sold. So we know that's still opportunity. Like I was talking to Steve Horn yesterday and he said that he had a seller that wanted to wait until the springtime he talked them into listing now, their house sold immediately. So, from a seller perspective, there's still a ton of opportunity. And what's also happening right now is there are a lot of home buyers that are waiting on the sideline. So, we've got a ton of home buyers waiting on the sideline, waiting for interest rates to go down. So, the conversation we should be having with them is what's it look like with limited inventory right now, but still being under two months of inventory? What is this market going to look like when rates do come back down? Not only are you waiting on the sideline, but there's millions of people throughout the country that are also waiting on the sidelines for rates to come back down. Which means that if you're waiting on the sidelines right now as a buyer and rates do drop, and they will most likely, and when they drop, if you want to get out there and look, what's going to happen to the market? We're already in a low inventory market. If rates drop again, what's coming back? 20 offers on a house having to waive home inspections, having to waive appraisals, having to pay over asking price by not just $5,000 or $10,000, but $20,000, $30,000, dollars $50,000, all of that's going to come back if and when rates go back down. So if we can educate our buyers right now that let's think about this from a logical perspective, what if we go purchase a house now while there's still very limited inventory and many, many home buyers are waiting on the sidelines just like you're thinking about doing? What if we go buy a house now? We can get your home inspection. We can still leave the appraisal in. Chances are we can get closing cost. So if a house has been sitting there for a week or two, most likely we can get some closing cost on that home. And with that, now we can buy the rate down. I saw a Wells Fargo article came out yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, and they said that uh, with one point or 0.8785, close to a point, rates are sub 6% now, 5.8 on a jumbo 4.8. So rates are coming down a little bit let's get the seller to pay that point and get their rate down. Like we talked about at the growth summit, the two, one buy down, let's get more closing cost and buy the interest rate down for the first two years. So let's get creative with our buyers right now and get them thinking logically that even though rates are higher right now, let's figure out a way to get your rate low and take advantage of the market that we're in because we're not having to compete against so many people right now because tons and tons, millions of home buyers are sitting on the sideline. So, if you think about that, we have two positive scenarios for buyers and sellers. The positive for a seller right now is we're in a strong seller's market. Let's put your house on the market now rather than waiting while inventory is low because there is still demand out there. It's just not as crazy as it was over the last year or so when rates were low. And with buyers, educating them that let's now is a great time to buy because when rates do go down, you can refinance and you can take advantage of the market right now given that we don't have to waive all of these things and put you in a potentially a bad spot. So does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. And the thing is with with people saying the market's going to crash, like we talk about often, there's no signs of that. So the only sign that we saw that could have created like maybe a, a potential 08 um, market again was COVID forbearance. But I checked numbers this morning, 85% of people that were in COVID forbearance paid it up, got caught up within a year. So the high, pro- the, the high majority of people that were in COVID forbearance are no longer in COVID forbearance. And even if they did need to sell, they could sell and have enough equity most likely because of the last couple of years to sell without having to go into short sale, foreclosure, or anything like that. So the people that are waiting on the fence are waiting on the sidelines. They're probably going to be waiting for a long time for a market correction. And they're going to miss out on the 3 to 4% appreciation that happens every single year. The people that waited, like myself, right? I waited because I thought, oh man, we're going to have a market crash, all this COVID stuff, all the uncertainty. It didn't happen. Well, I missed out on 20 plus percent appreciation on a house and a two and a half percent interest rate. So stupid me, right? So there are a lot of people like that. So my my point here today is there's never a bad time to buy a house. It's about educating people on why they should buy it if they're in the market. Because the thing is too, like we often talk about, if someone is looking to rent, what's their motivation for wanting to buy? Because people will ask that too. Well, what if somebody has a 2.5% interest rate and they don't want to sell because they don't want to take on a 6% interest rate? Well, they're not your buyer or your seller. Like We need to go find the motivated people that want to buy and sell now. If somebody's locked in a 2% interest rate and they're happy with their house and they're happy with their school district and they're not outgrowing it and they've got enough space and they like their house, well, that's not your client. That's not the person we should be trying to motivate to want to move. Our biggest challenge is we need to go find more motivated people that need to move. Moving out of town for work, getting divorced, unfortunately, different scenarios like that. I need a bigger house for my kids. I'm outgrowing this. We have another baby on the way. We need another bedroom. We're outgrowing the house. We want to move to a different area. Whatever the reason might be, we need to go find those people. We need to go get in front of more of those people. So how do we do that? We need to increase the number of conversations we're having every week. And are we prepared to do that to hit our financial income goal? And if the answer is yes, you're going to thrive regardless of the market. So if I have 100 people in my database, I know I have 10 opportunities moving this year. Well, will 10 opportunities get me to my goal? If the answer is no, I need to go find ways to get more people in my database. How can I do that? Open houses, internet leads, if I want to have the money, if I have the budget to pay for those, for sale by owners is a big pillar. For sale by owners right now, they're like, wait a minute. The last couple of years, for sale by owners would sell like crazy. Now they're not. So there's a big opportunity to go help for sale by owners right now. Get really good at becoming an expert on for sale by owners. Go after expireds. Expired listings are on the rise. Why, are, why do you guys think expired listings are on the rise? Any thoughts? Pricing. Pricing. Agents didn't have to be good at pricing the last couple of years. They could price it. And, and, you know, we've all been there. We could go out and say, what do you want to sell your house for? 500, great. Let's list it for 530. You'll probably get 570, right? That's not happening right now. So agents that haven't honed in their skill set on pricing, they're going to lose listings. And that's a great opportunity for people that are hungry that want to go get business to go after and get expired listings. So there's a lot of opportunity in this market. And like I always talk about, the things we need to focus on are where is the opportunity? So I pulled numbers this morning, 1,042 single family homes went under contract in the last seven days between active contingent and pending. 616 new listings went on the market, 603 houses closed in the last seven days. It's pretty good. All right. So if that trended every week, that's a lot of property sold this year. It's north of 50, 60, 70,000 homes sold this year. Why can't we go get our fair share of that or unfair share of that and go make it happen? So thoughts around this conversation this morning? Was anybody aware that we're still in a seller's market, not in a seller's market? Any thoughts? Yeah,
1: around- uh, one thing I was going to mention, like when I was buying my house, it was very competitive. Like I wrote on probably like three or four houses um, and the rates were like right where they're at right now. The rates dropped like they're almost at 6% flat. I think they're at, like 6.3 right now. And like a month ago or so, they're like seven, close to 7%. So they've definitely dropped quite a bit significantly. And, you you know, like every 1%, a buyer loses 10% buying power. So they just got almost 10% buying power back. So I think the seller's market is still very strong.
0: It is. And I think it's going to remain strong for quite a while because, again, there's no indicators. Even if we get like the natural inventory to hit the market in the springtime, won't be enough to push us into a, a balanced market or a buyer's market. Best case, we get to three months of inventory in the spring with the way things are going right now. So in, educate your clients right now on why they should be, if they're interested in being in the market, educate them on where the positives and where the benefits right now. Benefits to your point, Joe, rates are coming back down. So just as Joe mentioned, for those of you that maybe that didn't click there was for every 1% an interest rate rises, you lose 10% buying power and it works in the reverse as well. So if a rate drops 1%, you just gain 10% more buying power. So if I'm in the market for a $300,000 house, now I've just picked up an extra $30,000 in buying power. So very important stuff and conversations to have with our clients that we are in a seller's market, that interest rates are higher than they were in the over the last couple of years. And there's still options and opportunity here to go get a house without having to waive all of the stuff, without, without, without having to pay a significant amount over asking. And if rates go down, which most likely they will, we can lock in refi, and get you locked in at a lower rate. So there's a lot of a lot of positives right now. Same thing if you have investors. If you're working with investors, now is still a good time to buy. There's always if the numbers make sense, that's why I like investment properties too, because it's just numbers. If the cap rate and the numbers make sense, go buy the property. The, the market's irrelevant. You know, and that's where we always have to be looking in, in times of uncertainty and times of change. Especially when the media wants to portray a negative outlook on everything that's going on, we have to be looking at where is the opportunity in this, in this, in this market right now? Same way in 08. Where was the opportunity in the market in 08? Half our industry quit, quit the business, and houses were essentially on sale at a significant discount. Like I was buying houses for the price of a very, very cheap used car $8,000, $10,000 for a house. Like that's crazy. There was opportunity there fix those up, be all into it for 20 grand, rent it out for 850, 900 a month. There's a great cap rate right there. There's opportunity. So with this said, our biggest challenge right now as a team, as a brokerage, as an individual for hitting our financial goals is we need to go have more conversations with more people because the more conversations we have with more people and the more of a positive message we can spin on the market because right now all they're hearing is negative. All they're hearing is fear. They're not hearing all the stuff. Like most people aren't aware That you can buy down an interest rate. Most people aren't aware that you don't have to put 20% down on a home. That's a big one. Most people aren't aware that it doesn't cost anything on the buy side to work with you as a real estate agent. So the more conversations we, we can be having with people, the more we can be educating them, the higher the probability that we're going to have more success in our business and hit our income goal. Let everybody else out there worry about, oh, the market's terrible and let them buy into this whole notion that nothing's happening in real estate. It's time to go get a real job and this and that. Let's be the people that just say, hey, regardless of what the market is, I'm chasing the opportunity. I see there's still thousands of available homes selling every single month. Why can't I go get three of them? Why can't I go get five of them? Why can't I go get one of them? Whatever it is to hit our goal, let's stay focused on that. Because we know at the end of the day, houses will always sell because like I always often talk about. Residential real estate is not based on numbers, like maybe investment properties or commercial. Residential real estate is purchased on a motion. I want a bigger house for my kids. I want a better school district. I want a bigger backyard. So we know that houses are always going to be buying and selling. It's just a matter of who they're going to buy with and when. So let's keep educating our clients on why now is a good time. There's a lot of scripting too. We'll be dropping more scripts in this group too, for like how to have a positive message with your client. But just think about that. We'll probably be in a seller's market for quite a while. So if someone's thinking about selling, it's still a great time to get top dollar for their home. So what what do we say, guys, to somebody that says, "Well, what, what happens if I get top dollar for my house, but uh, you know rates are higher and I can't get a good deal on it?" Because we've all heard that one, right? What's the message around that? So if I say, "You know what, I would sell right now, but you know because I can get top dollar, but I, I I'm worried that rates are higher and I won't be able to find anything I like." What can we be doing there? I was yeah. going to say,
1: basically, uh, you can reference the off-market properties, and then also basically how you can always refinance the interest, the uh, interest rate. So, you know, if the rates are at six percent today, rates drop in six months, you can get the lower rate, and then also you're still in the home that you want it. And then by that time, when the rates do drop, you're going to have a flood of buyers hitting the market that are going to ultimately make a more competitive market for buyers.
0: Yeah, agreed. So there, that solves the rate question right there. We can lock in now and- a 30 year refi. And who was that? Go ahead. Whoever was talking.
1: Oh, it was me. Oh, I mean, uh, and talk to your lenders too, because I've had a lot of meetings with lenders lately and they're all offering like until the end of like 2024, anyone that buys that they'll refi them for free.
0: Yes. Yeah. So that's great huge. Point. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. That's a great point. So and a lot of people just don't realize that they think whatever the rate is today is what their rates going to be forever. So a lot of the things that we take for granted as well, being in the industry, the general public's not knowledgeable about. Like I can tell you, I've had multiple, many, many conversations over the years with people that just think you have to put 20% down. That's a myth. Like there are no money down home loans, VA, USDA, different programs like that. So we have to be the people that are educating our clients. And this is why it's a great time now to be calling our database as well and contacting our database. Because the more conversations we can have with people, just checking calls, how are you? How are you doing? The market, I promise you, is going to come up because everyone looks at it. Everyone's interested in real estate. So they're going to have questions about that. So be calling our database and be the person that can give more educational facts on how the market really is, not how the general media is perceiving a national level. Because we know, too, what's happening in California and Florida and things like that doesn't really happen here they get the massive appreciation and the massive swings and they get hammered the hardest where in the Midwest here, one, it takes a little bit to catch up for us here. And generally our numbers are significantly, they're they're not as impacted near as significant as they are on houses on the coast. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And going back to Joe with you with the interest rates, if the person's thinking about, well, how would I find a a house off market properties, as you mentioned, what are off market properties? Well, there's a few ways you can find these. One would be circle calling neighborhoods, calling around neighborhoods just to see if anybody's interested in selling. Door knocking, keeping a database of people that you've talked to that would consider selling if the right buyer came along. These are all properties you can put into your KV core database and be off-market properties. Another thing would be looking at old cancels and expireds. What homes were on the market in years previously that maybe didn't sell? Can you find that date? Can you can you locate those sellers and go reach out to them to see if they might be interested in selling now? So, there's a wide array of ways that we can go find stuff before it even hits the market. And I promise you, if you find a property for a seller or a buyer before it even hits the market and they buy it, they're going to love you because they're going to be like, oh my gosh, you found this property. Nobody knew about it. I didn't have to compete for it. It was an easy transaction. And now you get to double sided as well and work with yourself and not a co op agent, which makes the deal run even smoother typically. So, all things to keep in mind. Any other challenges anybody's running into right now where they're kind of like, man, I'm hung up on that or, I'm getting a lot of pushback from this person or that.
1: I'm getting a lot of questions about what are the best areas to live in, you know what's what's going to appreciate the fastest if I'm in a home for only three years or five years, or do I need to wait 10 to even have appreciation at all?
0: Yeah, so what if you look at from from a historical perspective, like in the area here, we get a what three to four percent appreciation annually. It's kind of a given like for St. Louis. Um, now will certain areas appreciate, we can speculate. Like, I think this is pure speculation, but I think Chesterfield's an area that's going to have a lot of upside appreciation because of all the development going on. I think areas like O'Fallon and Windspill and areas like that are still going to have a lot of upside appreciation as well. Um, so we can speculate on some of those things. Like, I don't know, given that I feel like across St. Louis, if you look at numbers, statistics, we tend to have similar appreciation across most of the local markets in St. Louis. And so then I think a question I would be asking there as well is, what is your plan? How long would you prefer to live in your home to figure that out? Like, are they solely buying this just for appreciation or is there a bigger why for why they want to buy it? Most of the time, there's an alternative purpose for why they really want to buy it. Uh, Of course, nobody wants to lose money on a house. Like no one's buying it to say, I can't wait to lose money on this. And typically, though, they're buying it for another reason, not just solely on appreciation. So if that makes sense, so we could even look at too, like what are historical list to sale price ratios and average sale prices in different markets on the MLS in different zip codes and see which price points have, we can pull some numbers like that and see which ones have statistically appreciated more than others over say the last five to 10 years. But typically what I find is that people won't, they're not just going to buy in an area because it's going to appreciate the most because at best, maybe it appreciates 1% more than a surrounding area you know, it's not like Florida where we might have like 37% appreciation or something like that in a certain neighborhood or area. Right. Yeah. We tend to get more of a a modest appreciation here in our market.
1: Yeah. Currently it's been like some first time home buyers that are like, we are open to anywhere, honestly, and, yeah. you know, starting our family there, but eventually we want to make money on it. So sure. They give just a broad
0: range. Um, so I would so. find out too, that's, that's good. And so, yeah, they can be in a lot of areas. So I would find out things like where do they work? Well, I work from home. Okay. Well, that, that that eliminates that, but what do they like to do? Where, where's their family? Do they want to be close to family? Like what are some of those digging deeper questions that we can ask to see if we can cut down some of those areas? Because that's what we don't want to do either is when showing houses, we know that that can be very time consuming. So if I'm, if I'm showing houses in Troy and they want to look downtown St. Louis you, you know what I mean? Like that's two very different areas. We need to kind of narrow that down to find what's really important about the area that you live in. What's important to you? What do you like to do if they want to be accessible, like to walking and restaurants and stuff like that, we need to look at those areas and maybe a certain municipality is not fit for that. So trying to limit, eliminate that as well where they're just open to everything. Cause typically they're not open to everything. They just say that. they uh-huh. will no. find a house and be like, Oh, I love this, but it's too far or this or that.
1: Right. So having,
0: I think having a really good buyer's consultation and digging deep on that is super important. Perfect. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Any other questions or challenges anyone's facing right now?
1: Other than snow. snow?
0: Cool. That's all I've got. Let's see. And nothing else. I don't think there's anything online, anybody on Facebook. So that's all we got. Thanks for jumping on this morning, guys. If you have any questions, holler. Uh, Have a great day. We'll talk later. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.